Welcome to My Two Cents with Keith Beggs from Steadfast Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we show high-level executives and business owners why comprehensive financial planning and executive bonus structures don't have to be too good to be true. Keith draws on his experience in realistic financial planning, and expert guests share his two cents about academically-based financial planning that you have to hear to believe. Now, on to the show. Hey, everyone. My name is Keith Beggs. I'm the founder and CEO of Steadfast Wealth Strategies and the host of the My Two Cents podcast. Excited to be back with you. We missed our recording last week because of uh, Tropical Storm slash Hurricane Nicholas. So it's fun to be back talking about these type of things and getting on the podcast with you. Last night, we hosted an event at the Rupor there in Memorial City for a number of our clients, as well as many of the people that you might say that are kicking the tires on our firm, uh, wanting to know a little bit more about us and our philosophies uh, when it comes to investing and in retirement planning. I'm obviously going to be a little bit biased with this, but we had a lot of fun. I think it was a great evening and I think it was a great success. We talked a lot about what we've covered here, particularly on this podcast, with the truths and myths of investing. What are the myths that Wall Street keeps portraying to you um, are things that are going to work in the investment world, that there's just no academic or scientific data to back up? And what are some of the proven academic theories that you can put your trust in when you're making financial decisions or putting money in the market? And so I I think we've talked about that on the podcast. I think it was great to kind of go over some of these things again with clients, because when you're offering a different opinion than what the world is telling people or that Wall Street's telling them, sometimes you got to hear it more than once for it to sink in or for to really kind of capture what's going on. It, you know, this is what they say, the, the road less traveled, right? So that, you know, it's not widely known or maybe not as seen as by everyone as the way to do things. But we believe that science and academics backs us up on that. But typically what happens when we're having these conversations or when we do these events and we get to the Q&A section, you know, as people move into retirement, they typically, right, and this is a little bit of a generalization, so this is not you, I understand, but they typically want to move to a less risky portfolio. Typically in life itself, the older we get, the less risk we want to take. Over Labor Day, I was out on the lake with my son and he is four and a half years old and he wanted to go tubing. You know, I used to tube constantly when I was a kid on the lake. And it was always faster, faster, bigger wakes, bigger waves, trying to get knocked off the tube. But now that I'm inching towards 40, it was slow down, right? A lot of thumbs down side singles. Like, don't take us over those bumps. My body and neck can't take it, right? And there's a lot of things we do. I would say he was never a fast driver, but man, uh, is he ever a slow driver (laughs) at this point in his life? And you know that's just typical. As we get older, it's probably due to knowledge in a lot of ways. We decide that we don't need so much risk in our lives. And when it comes to the market, maybe we don't need so much volatility in our lives. And I think that's smart because um, we're no longer in an abundance. We're an accumulation stage with this money. Um, if we're retired, this is it. This is what we've accumulated. This is what we're going to be using. This is our nest egg to fund our retirement. And do we want to see those giant and volatile swings in our accounts on a day-to-day basis. And, and I would say you know, that most people don't. I'll tell you though, I don't believe traditional safe money investments um, that, that people have used you know, since the 70s, 80s, 90s, even the early aughts um, are going to get retirees where they want to go to here in the 20, 
uh, second, I mean, the 22nd century now, is that what we're calling it? The 22nd century, right? But I think people are going to have to look at safe money investments. And that's what we're just going to call this fixed income or safe money, non-equity investments differently than they have over the last 30 and 40 years. And I, I know one of the hardest things for people to do is to make change, no matter what it is, whether it's investments, um, whether it's jobs, whether it's selling a home, it, it's very hard to make changes, you know, because we want to cling to what's worked in the past or what we know or what we have a lot of familiarity with. Um, familiarity breeds a lot of trust. And so I know it's going to be hard for a lot of people to get over this hump. And hopefully uh, today we'll be able to provide some education and get that conversation started about maybe looking at some alternative safe money investments that can help you live a more abundant, uh, more stress-free retirement than you thought was going to be able to. You know, I read a great article and I wish I could remember um, who wrote it. Um, but they talked about there's a giant gap between what retirees say they want retirement and then how they're risking or how they're doing their investments. And, and I think that's true. And again, it goes back to that thing we talked about, about change. So what are people using? What is the typical safe money investment vehicles that are out there? Well, if you look at what's been used from the, like the 70s, 80s, 90s, and again, in the early 2000s, primarily our people are using CDs, right? It's a bank certificate of deposit. They're using money markets. Um, which is really just like a cash savings account, but inside an investment fund, or they're using bonds. And I would say 90% of all safe money um, for clients that we sit with is in one of those three asset classes, either a bank CD, sitting in a money market in cash where they have it in bonds. And the reason we use safe money investment vehicles is to shave off some of the dramatic volatility of the market. And as, as information gets flowing faster and faster, Right? There's, no, there's nothing that we're seeing in the future that says volatility is going to curve or start slowing down. Right? People are able to make rash or irrational decisions, uh, is a better way to say that, faster and faster than they ever have. And I would say most people make worse decisions when they're using irrational behavior and they can do things quickly versus well-thought-out decisions. So I think that, that's kind of out of Pandora's box. I think volatility is going to stay very high. And I, I think people in retirement are going to have to find ways to protect their money better than they have in the past. But if you see where inflation is currently you know, and what they're forecasting with inflation, we can't have lazy money. We don't have the opportunity just to have our money sitting on the sidelines in a coffee can or in a checking account anymore, or we're going backwards. And our purchasing power is going to be less, and we're not going to be able to afford the lifestyle that we're able to afford today. Let's start looking at CDs, right? They were a very popular um, investment vehicle in the 80s. Maybe your parents or your grandparents invested a lot of money in CDs. They did a lot of good in the 80s. The average one-year CD in the 80s was paying over 8%. Guaranteed return of over 8%. If you could get, or if I could offer someone right now a guaranteed return of over 8%, we'd be doing very well. We'd have a really high client base. <laughs> Unfortunately, the last person that did that in Houston, I think it was Alan Stanford, um, it was a Ponzi scheme and he's now in jail. So uh, we won't be offering anyone guaranteed 8% returns. Um, and if someone is offering you that, you need to run uh, quickly in the other direction. So what do you think a, a one-year CD is paying right now? Paying 0.6%, 0.6, less than 1%. You factor in inflation, right? Inflation is running at over five right now. You're losing over 4% value on your money, having it in a one-year CD. Factor in taxes, and it gets even worse. And it doesn't matter if you voted for them or not, 
you can see what they want to do to the tax laws. And so in 2022, that tax law is even going to be worse. So that 0.6 is even going to be less. So CDs in our mind are not a viable option for anyone who's trying to build an efficient and effective retirement plan in 2021. They worked in the past, but in today's environment, you cannot expect to have a successful retirement plan or especially an efficient and effective, right? When, who, isn't that what we all want to do? And we'll put together something that's efficient and effective and reliable. If we're using CDs for a large chunk of our money, we're getting less than a 1% return. We're paying 15% in long-term capital gains tax if that's not going to go higher or, ca- or, or ordinary income tax on one-year CDs. Right? It's just not a viable option for a fixed income or a safe money investment. So where else do we turn? Well, again, a lot of people have used money markets in the packs. Well, money markets are, are you know, like I said, they're effectively a cash savings account. They're paying less than CDs. Right? Really, they're just an option for people that are trying to market time. Right? I mean, typically people use a money market when they're scared there's going to be a market downturn. They want to get their money out of the market. They'll put it in a money market if they don't want to get it all the way to their checking account and have to go through the, you know, the whole process of getting it back in, into the market. Again, you're making less than CDs. We don't believe in market timing whatsoever. And uh, we don't have a crystal ball on when to be, get in and out of the market. I and mean, we will never tell you that, that there's a way to do that. And data says that no one can do that. I think Charles Ellis has a great quote that the, the data on market timing is overwhelming and it's overwhelmingly negative. So, you know, I, I just don't think money markets again are an option for people. And so the majority of people right now, and where Wall Street is telling the majority of people to take their money is to look at bonds, right? To look at bonds. That is the, the largest concentration of fixed income right now would be in, in the bond market. And full disclosure, we have clients in bonds. I don't think all bonds are bad. Um, I think for liquidity purposes, bonds offer a pretty good option. But if you go out to Vanguard's website and you look at their total bond market index for the last 10 years, it's done 3.15%. Over the last one year, it's negative. And if you look at the since inception, which their inception for this bond index was 20, uh, 2001, it's done 4.2% annualized return since 2001. And 42 doesn't sound too bad. But here's the secret problem with large bond portfolios. Your advisor charges the same fees on your bond portfolio that he charges on your equity portfolio. And the typical advisor fee right now runs somewhere between 1% and 1.25%. So I want to walk you through a couple of things just to show you how big of an effect that can have on your investment in, in the safe income market. So let's just say we have a 1% fee on our account. And the reason they tell you guys and then they use 1% fee is it's the perception of 1% is it's a small cut, right? If I had a whole pie in front of us and I offered you 1% of it, you would be pretty annoyed. <laughs> it wouldn't even be worth getting a plate and fork out for, right? And so the market knows this, right? Wall Street's not stupid, right? There's trillions of dollars in play here, right? They're not dumb. They know that the perception of 1% is it's just a small cut, not a big deal for someone to do. For, for this scenario, we're going to say that we make 5% a year. Not even So we're going to say we do better than what bonds have typically done. So let's, let's, let's start with Joe. So Joe is 65 years old. He's got $200,000. And we're going to say that Joe just makes 5% a year, doesn't take any withdrawals. 
And uh, he goes down to his local investment option or office, and it could be a Wells Fargo, Merrill Lynch. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be an independent advisor firm. Um, And they're going to say, Joe, we can help you um, accomplish that. Our fee is 1% uh, annually. Joe says 1% doesn't sound bad. Not a big deal. So Joe leaves his money there from age 65 to age 90. And the ages don't really matter, right? He just leaves his money invested alone for 25 years, right? So Joe's account will grow from $200,000 to over $413,000. Now, the problem is Joe doesn't get all that money because he had to pay a 1% fee along the way. And as his account grows, what else grows with it? He's making 5% a year. So in effectiveness, he's getting a 5% increase on his fee every year from the original, from the first year. And so after five years, he's paid $11,000 in fees. After 15 years, he's paid over $41,000 in fees. And by the time Joe's 90, he's paid $86,000 in fees on this account. $86,000 in fees. So Joe doesn't get the 413. Joe gets 326,000. Now, did Joe have to pay the fee on the full $200,000 he brought over to them or just on the gains that they were able to incorporate for it? As you guys are probably aware, they charge a fee on the whole account, right? So Joe brought them $200. They did not help Joe collect the $200. He had done all that hard work before he ever went and talked with this advisor. And they said, great, we'll help you invest this. Our fee is 1% on the 200,000, right? They don't say it like this, but in fact, it's on the $200,000 plus all the growth. But Joe hired them for the growth. He didn't hire them for the 200,000. So we've got to change the way we look at fees, right? Joe didn't pay 1% in fees. He paid 21% of all the growth that they were able to generate. And that's what he hired them to do. He hired them to generate growth for him. Now, when he walked into that door, or if you walked into an advisor and he said, Great, you know, we can get you, we can do that. We're going to take 21% of all earnings. You'd be like, Whoa, that sounds very dramatic. That's a lot. You're going to take 20% plus of all the earnings that I make. And you'd probably look for a second opinion or a second option. Henceforth, they don't say it that way. (laughs) That's exactly why they say it's a 1% fee. Now, Joe lost something else besides the money he paid in fees. He lost the opportunity to earn money on the money that had left his account for those fees, right? So once that money, that first year, he paid $2,000 in fees to the broker, he didn't have that $2,000 in his account for the next 25 years to earn interest. So if you look at that, we call that lost opportunity cost. He lost the opportunity to earn interest on that money. His lost opportunity cost for those fees was over $63,000. So that $86,000 in fees cost him $63,000 in interest. Effectively, on just a 5% rate of return, Joe lost over $150,000 to a 1% fee. Guys, this is happening. Guys and gals, this is happening all the time. And that's what the 5% return. So let's go back and look at history. The total bond market the last 20 years has actually only done 4.2. So you're going to be paying 25% at a 1% fee of all earnings. Over the last 10 years, it's done 3.15. You've paid 33% of all earnings 
back to the brokerage firm in the form of fees. You've only gotten a net effective rate of 2.15% in your fixed income if you've been using the, a total bond index, right? So the investors are always going to tell you that you should use bonds, that you should use bonds. Wall Street's going to tell you bonds, 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 because they want to charge those fees. That's how they make their money. If you look outside of the bond portfolio, they don't get paid. Why would they offer you an option that they don't get paid on, right? So, But you've got to be aware of it. Don't just think, oh, that's a 1% fee. That's not going to have a great effect on me. I'll be fine. Because in reality, you're giving up somewhere between 20 and 35% of all earnings when you're doing that. So, okay, you're going great, Keith. You've just told us why everything that's out there that we know about is not a great option. So I, I hope you're about to tell us you know, what else is out there that we might be able to do. And you're in luck. That is my plan. I am going to tell you some alternatives out there that we think offer clients a much better earnings potential and a long-term sustainable strategy for fixed income. The, the fastest market segment right now in terms of safe money and really in the investment world in, in, in whole is the index annuity marketplace. Fixed index annuities are growing at a faster rate than any other investment vehicle out there. And one of the main reasons that that's happening is people are able to get information in more ways than they used to be, right? Wall Street does not want you to know about index annuities. It's an insurance product at its core, right? It's a market insurance protection. It's, mar it's protected against market risk. So they can't make any money on it. So they've never really wanted to tell you about it. But thanks to you know, having a lot more independent advisors out there and, and the internet and the ways to get information to people, people are smart. And if you give people information um, and, and correct information, they typically make the right decision. And people are looking at these things and realizing there's a huge fit for these in my portfolio. I don't need 100% of my money to be sub subject to loss. And by the way, bonds are subject to loss, especially long-term bonds. Right? You should never in our mind have long-term bonds in your portfolio. They have just as much risk as the equities and they have a less return, right? So bonds do have market risk and they have a lot of fees. And then, so if you're looking at something that has zero fees on it, has zero market risk and has the opportunity to grow when the market grows, well, then a fixed index annuity might be a great option. And I think one of the main reasons that this industry is not going any faster than it is currently is because the word annuity is involved in it. I think if we change the name of it, we were able to take out the word annuity, right? I think even more people would run to it. But people get a negative stigma um, around certain words or certain investment products um, over time. And remember, I've already told you, right? We hold on to what we, we think we know. Even if it may not be true, we hold on to what we think we know. And once we decide that annuities are bad, right? It doesn't matter how much data we get hit over the head with, right? Or how many success stories are out there. It's going to be very hard for us to change our opinion. So I, I would love if we could come up with a new name for this, but unfortunately, right, it's, it's a fixed index annuity. So how does it work? How can I do better in a fixed index annuity than I can with a bond or a CD portfolio? Well, like I mentioned, the first and most important thing about a fixed index annuity, zero market risk. Whatever you deposit into your index annuity account will be in that account unless you take a withdrawal. There's no matter or volatility or, or movement of the market negatively that could ever take money out of your account. There's a, there's a great phrase in the index annuity space, and it's zero is your hero. 
And what we mean by that is um, while your friends or family members or coworkers might be kicking themselves or, or crying or freaking out that their market just lost 10, 15, 20%, you didn't lose anything. Now, we didn't make money, but you know what? It's not always about making money. Sometimes it's about protecting what you have, right? Not losing money can be our best friend, especially when we get into retirement, especially as we start needing to use this money for withdrawals. So we don't participate in any of the market loss. Now, there has to be a trade-off there, right? You don't get 100% of the gains if you don't take any risk, right? So typically, on the index annuities that we like to use, we are tied to an index. Um, that could be the NASDAQ. That could be the S&P 500. There's a number of indexes out there. Um, but let's just use the S&P 500 for the point of this conversation and this podcast. So we don't get any, we, we don't get any of the risk in the S&P. So when it went down 38% in 2008, you got a zero, right? When it went down negative 10, 12 in 2001 to two, you got a zero. Now, the trade-off of that is when the market goes up, we only capture about 40% of those gains. We don't get the double-digit losses, and a lot of times we probably don't get the double-digit gains. But what you'll find out is when you're taking income, you don't need double-digit gains if you don't have double-digit losses. The only reasons we need those, the only reason, excuse me, we need those huge gains is because we just experienced such huge losses. So when you're working with an, with an advisor, when you're planning on income, people will say you could take out about four to five percent of your account balance and feel comfortable that it's going to be there for you in the long term, right? There's an old rule called the 4% rule. And so when we look at that, and we look at the randomized returns, and if you just take a time period of the market, um, and you go look at the returns, I'm going to have a calculator here, and we can do this for any one of you guys or gals individually. Okay, so let's just look at an example here. We have an account with $500,000. We want to take 5% withdrawals or $25,000 annually out of that account. And if we just look at a 13-year randomized return of the S&P, right? because no one knows the sequence of returns in, in the market, and that's one of the hugest risks, the largest risk, excuse me, that you'll face in retirement is sequence of returns. And we've done a podcast on that. If you'd like to talk about that, we'd love to, to visit with you on that. But if we look at it, we've taken out 25 times 14, that's $350,000 in withdrawals. And in this order, we only have $145,000 left in our account. If we randomize it again and we get two negative years up front, holy cow, we're down to $68,000 left in our account. At this rate, we're not even going to get all of our own, get all of our money back out of it about out of it. Excuse me, we're not even going to be able to get all of our money out of the account. Right? We've taken 350,000 withdrawals, we only have 68,000 left. This is scary for a lot of people, right? So what happens if we can just take away those negative years? We can get rid of the negative 10s, the negative 20s, the negative 38s. And we just put a zero in their place. We don't have to make money, but we don't lose money. And then when the market goes up, we get 40% of the market returns. So if the market does 10, what does that mean? That means that we get 4% in our account. If the market does 19, we get a little over 7.5% in our account. And if we do that, if we shave off right, a little bit of the returns and we eliminate the losses and we take the same withdrawals, in that scenario where we ended up with $68,000, we now have $341,000 left in our account. And you know what? It was a much smoother ride. There was a lot less stress involved, right? 
a lot less stress involved to get there. So what if we randomize it again, right? Market returns are random and unpredictable. Okay, in this scenario, on the side with all the returns and all the risk, we have 148,000. And over here, we have 343,000. Let's do it again, one more time. Now we have 188,000 over here on the, with, with all the risk and all the returns. So we're doing better, but we're doing better on the other side as well. We're now up to 382. So the question you have to decide when you get into retirement, one is how much risk that you want in your account. And then secondly, how are you going to keep up with inflation and make money with the rest of your money? What vehicles are you going to use that can reduce market risk, provide market protection, lower your fees or get rid of your fees, but still beat inflation, still add positive market growth because you need positive market growth. And I will tell you, there's a reason it's one of the fastest growing market sectors in the industry right now, even with Wall Street trying to beat it down constantly. And it's because when people truly look at what it does and they get past the word annuity involved in it, they're like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something that can give me some participation in the upside of the market, but can eliminate all those fees and can eliminate all that market risk. So if you haven't looked at an index annuity as a part of your portfolio, I, I would suggest that you do so. They are not a perfect investment. Right? There is no perfect investment where we wouldn't have this podcast. We'd all just put our money in that investment and move on with our day. Right? So it needs to be a part of your plan. It can't be your whole plan. Um, and if you don't have a plan, we'd love to visit with you. We'd love to talk to you about your options. We'd love to see if this or something else that we do could add value for you. Let's talk about your income goals, your income needs. How are we going to get those for you? How do we get you focused on what you want to focus on in retirement and not focus on your account value every day? And if I'm going to have enough money to make it, or am I optimizing my decisions? So the best way to reach us, uh, you can give me a call directly at 832-506-9034. You can email me at keith at steadfastws.com, or you can find us online at steadfastws.com. That steadfast name was not chosen by happenstance. We truly are a steadfast investment company. We're only going to use academically prudent-based investment strategies that we know are going to work for you. We are not going to speculate and gamble with your retirement, and you shouldn't either. So I hope today um, really helped you guys out. Hope we opened your eyes to some different opportunities. And if we can be involved and we can help you, we'd love that opportunity. So again, my name is Keith Beggs with Steadfast Wealth Strategies, and this is the My Two Cents Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to My Two Cents with Keith Beggs. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All securities discussed are offered and provided through Steadfast Financial Planning, LLC. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Steadfast Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor and or qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This podcast is not intended to provide specific investment, financial planning, tax, or legal advice. It is intended for educational purposes only. Please consult your tax advisor, financial advisor, or legal professional for specific advice on your specific situation.